podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Scarlet's Fever, the home of Sussman Central and Westerer is Besterer. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus edition of Scarlet's Fever with me, Lee G. Joining me as always, Hugh and Begin. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we? Good afternoon. <laughs> Excited for this special episode. See, you can't just say hello, can he? You can't just say, he just can't do a little. You've always got to be a little something, isn't he? It's a talking format, Lee, for God's sake. <laughs> Well, it is a special episode today, and uh, it's very uh, uh, happy to introduce today's guest, uh, ex-Scarlet, now current Edinburgh uh, prop, a legend, Javon Sebastian. Afternoon, Javon. How are things, mate? Hi, guys. All right? Yeah, really good. Excellent, excellent. See, he's got the Edinburgh top on already, boys. It's just, it's like... I've just been doing... <laughs> yeah, it's just a reminder. Like I'm, I, I'm not a scarlet anymore. But <laughs> so, uh, how is life up in Edinburgh? Is it cold up there? Is it as cold as we all think it is? Um, I don't think it's that cold. But if you ask my partner how cold it was, yeah, she'd say it was very cold because every day I get too cold. Too cold. <laughs> <laughs> and and how's life treating you up there, mate? Are you are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You know. You- could have asked for a better bunch of players to do a club too. So welcoming, yeah. Side of things, really good. And um, the kids in the down made some new. So good. Okay, on onto the playing field now. Fifth in the URC. You've had one win, one loss in Europe so far. You actually got to try against them. When I've got the video clip of that to put alongside this, so that'll be good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's a season. I, I was. What's what you would ask? What's uh, you would take on it so far? Are you hitting achievements? Are you know exceeding expectations? So I think we're just taking every game as it comes. Um, with regards to this comp that we're in now, um, uh, yeah, the tough games game didn't come on. Um, they were very physical, very awful. Um, yeah, we took a lot of learning from that game and tried putting it forward into the URC season. We've come up with some. Good wins and good place for the season. Yeah, so Javin, we're really interested to learn kind of what the difference is, whether it's a culture's stuff or different approaches to training or, or what have you um, that you've experienced that you've gone from Scarlet to Edinburgh, maybe stuff you weren't expecting or something that's taken you by surprise, perhaps. Um, just little things, really. Um, like obviously a different culture different group of boys, different coaching staff. Um, one thing I'd take was coming to this club, um, everybody's welcoming. Um, you go in every morning, you shake everyone's hand. You really engage with everyone so you feel more of a team, even from like the the academy boys right down to the S&C coach, you say morning to everybody. So as a culture, I think that's where they've taken a step forward. Oh, that's nice. And that, that's interesting that is where you talk about you know building the team because that's something that we've we've been obviously talking about in the, in the scarlet thing. How important is that to the performance that you put on the park, mate? Oh, it's totally, hundred percent. Like you can see that. Well, I I feel like playing with Edinburgh. You know, everybody's got each other's backs. 
Um, <clears throat> you know, if one guy makes a mistake, it's not that guy's mistake. It's a whole team performance. So as as is with Scarlett, um, I feel like it was more individuals. Not to throw anyone under the bus or anything, but that's how I felt. <laughs> No, that's good, and and it's it's good to be honest with these things because that's how how people learn, isn't it? So, cool. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, uh... so we obviously we've spoken about uh, your little differences between them and Scarlet. Is there anything in particular you miss from your time at the Scarlet? I mean, obviously you were around for the Pro 12 winning season and the semi final and Heineken after. So, what are your fondest memories? What do you miss from the club? Um, my time at Scarlet. So just... The group of boys itself, and um, was, when I was there, you, like they were so welcoming. When I went there, it was quite kind of similar to when I'm up here. So just the group of players, like um, like individuals, like we had a lift club um, every day to work. Miss that, um, yeah. Miss just hanging out with the boys, having a coffee, having a laugh. Um, yeah, little things like that, and then obviously, scars have got a. Good uh, fan base, so the crowd when when we're winning really gets behind you. Um, so yeah, that was good. So uh, how different is it? So, uh, at the minute, being a Scarlets fan is quite difficult, and there are quite a few Scarlets fans that get it on players' backs. And as a player, when when you run out on the pitch, how much of a difference does that make to you, knowing that you know the crowd have got your back, sort of thing? Oh, it's massive. Um, when you go out and you hear the crowd behind you, even when you're tired, you're tired or you're fatigued or you feel a little low energy, the crowd making noise and like cheering your team on really gives you a burst of energy, and it it does it does pick players up. I think um, the fans with the scars have just got to stick by them, and you know, eventually wins will start coming. But yeah, it makes a massive difference, especially like here up in Edinburgh. No matter if we win or lose, I think the crowd is pretty pretty loud and it keeps the boys going. So, so um, Javon, obviously Scottish international now. Um, what was your kind of biggest takeaway? What surprised you the most about going from club club level to international level? What was the biggest difference for you? A lot more running, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, just the professionalism of it all is... Um, day and night is like semi-pro is you turn up on a Tuesday and Thursday and you play rugby uh, yes. um, but the level of professionalism you've got to show national even when you when you with when you're with the club it's like the things you don't don't get seen so you're working hard in the gym you're doing extras on the field you're putting your hand up for selection, not just to your club coaches, but to international coaches as well. And, and do you enjoy that level? Is is it is it you know the expectation is best is higher and all of that kind of stuff? Is that enjoyable? Yeah, it is. This it, it drives you, and you know, what, like having a taste of international level, it just makes you want more and more. And especially when like a young family, you're trying to um, provide for. And like bring up, it really motivates you to give more. I remember when Samson Lee first went to international rugby, he talked about how his first experience of an international scrum with the opposition pack and then international second rows behind him, he felt like he was going to break in half. 
was it was it that much of a step up for you or were you like no i feel i feel like i can hold my own in this environment um yeah yes i know it was a it is a step up from um semi pro and then it's another step up to playing um professional rugby and then i wouldn't say it's too much of a jump from professional to then playing international especially if you've had a few scrums in the professional career um you kind of build yourself up for it and um yeah you could say it was more technical international than it is professional cool and for obviously when we um as casual fans watch the international games or the or the um, professional games the, the scrum is often a big talking point for you as a professional prop what would you say is one thing that a casual fan can look out for at a scrum like if you were saying watch out for this at this scrum and you'll get an idea of what who's on top what's going on i'd never blame a tight head tighter than ever <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one because like you know tight heads have got a paint good pictures when loose heads have got weird angles to work with and it's all a bit less really less both packs are scrummaging legally when you've got two packs that want to scrummage legally most of them don't tend to go down but when one's trying to play funny buggers then you know it can go either way so i don't i can't give points on what to watch out for i've just I would say if they both look quite steady, then they're both doing a good job. <laughs> so, awesome, cheers. So who's the uh, who's the worst team to scrummage against? And by that, I mean, who plays funny buggers the most? Oh, God. Uh, throw him in there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to say Ospreys. <laughs> good man. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Got funny buggers in there. We like to take corners and try have different angles in the scrum and have a bit of a hit and chase mentality. But, you know, it's not just the Ospreys. Any team that you come up against, like, and take, like teams I've been involved in, like if you feel like you're on the back foot, then you have to change something to try to get the upper hand. Hmm. Makes sense. I, I've always wanted to ask, sorry, sorry guys. I've always wanted to ask an international prop list. So like, say you're at the end of a, a half or the end of a game and you, there's a scrum and you, you're in the lead and you know a couple of resets here, the clock will go dead and we can kick it out. Do do you think you could, yeah, I can do you three resets here, no worries. Do you think you could do that? Um, You mean legally? <laughs> Without getting penalised? <laughs> uh, on our ball or their ball? Sorry. Your own ball? Um. No, I don't think so. No, not with not with the refs these days. They um they're pretty hot on like scrums these days. Like I'd say two three seasons ago, maybe you could get away with it, but not now because the refs are like um, classes and stuff. To what they look out for in scrums, so I don't think now in these days you wouldn't be able to know. See, I I, yeah. I told you he wasn't a prop. I told you, you didn't have a clue what was going on in a scrub. He just looks at it and he goes, there's a whole bunch of boys having a hug. So this is good because there's loads of people like me who've got no idea what they're on about. But all <laughs> you've got to do is join the club and have a ball yourself. <laughs> mate, mate, most people in a scrum haven't got a clue what's going on in a scrum anyway. No. No, <laughs> it just, just happens, I think props and hookers know what's going on and that's about it. 
<laughs> not even the back. Yeah, I can agree with that. So, uh, Jayvan, you are potentially borderlining what, one of the top international fight heads, you know, in the UK, potentially even worldwide at the minute. Uh, who would you say is the toughest loose head you've ever come up against? Oh, God. Um, like I said, this season, it's been um, the Clement uh, loose head. He's, he was really good. Not too sure how to pronounce his name, so don't ask me. <laughs> While I was growing up, um, Wynne Jones was um, obviously in his prime. I'm not saying he's not in his prime anymore, but um, he was a really, really strong loose head to scrummage against. Um, who else? Pierce Schumann at Edinburgh, really strong. Um, don't have to worry about him no more. No, I'm with him now, so that's all right. He looks good since his haircut, doesn't he? I prefer him with the short hair. Yeah, he looks a bit harder, doesn't he? <laughs> Haircuts is a bit of a thing for us, Stephen, because it's the the amount of you boys that are playing now that have got haircuts that would have just not been allowed back in my day when we were playing. There did have been so many fines after the game, you'd have just gone, nah, that's, that's going, like, you know, but you boys yeah. get away with it, like, you know? Yeah, there's some dodgy haircuts about in there. Like, even I've got one, I've got a rat's tail, but that was just because of lockdown. I grew my hair in lockdown and I just decided to keep something. But I wasn't going to say, I'm sure you've got a rat's tail. Have you still got it? But yeah, yeah. there's a there left. Yeah, I've still got it. Something to remember COVID. <laughs> I, think that's where, I think that's where the haircuts, dodgy haircuts started. It was during COVID and boys just got bored. bored and cutting their hair, yeah, and just decided to keep it. Tom Francis has always had a dodgy haircut. Yeah, he has, yeah. He's letting you boys down, the tight dead club. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Were you at the Scarlets when Steph Evans decided to have his monstrosity of a haircut? Oh, what, the mullet? The yeah. And like, like, yeah remember when he had like, that half mullet? Like one side of it was done, but the other side wasn't. Like... I'm sure he still has a mullet and a rat's tail. I'm, I'm not too sure. He does. We talk about it every week. Yeah. <laughs> It's good that we've got an international prop on and we're talking about haircuts. I like that. Yeah. Not the best one to talk to about haircuts, saying I need a haircut now. <laughs> so talk to me about kind of growing up and and playing the game. And so how, what was what was your journey like from when was the first time you touched a ball and, and who influenced you and all of that kind of stuff? Um, my main influence was... Um, I would say Anthony Maynard, probably. Um, I don't know if you guys know Jack Maynard and uh, Scott Maynard. They play um, semi-pro for Sandovery. Yeah, yeah. So that their dad, um, he used to take me training and obviously my mum and um, that didn't, didn't really see like a career in rugby. So they tended not to take me training. So I uh, jump in with Jack and Scott and they used to drag me along to training and yeah, down at the athletic. And how much, so so when you're coming up through the ranks and all of that, point, at what point did you go, do you know what, being a pro is a real, you know, it's a real opportunity here? Um, I think I was quite young. It was like district level, I'd say. Um, so our district was run by uh, Roy Burgess. Yeah, he still runs it now. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he pulled me aside for a chat um, one day and he just like sat me down. And he was like, look, you could, um, you've got the talent. I'm a professional rugby player. You keep your head down and uh, work hard. So, yeah, I think from then I really thought, yeah, maybe I'll give it a go. It's surprising how, you know, as a, as a coach, how influential your words can be on a player, isn't it? You know, just especially at that that formative age where somebody just says, you know, Watson, you could, you know, you could really go for something here, isn't it? Yeah, it, it gives you a massive confidence boost, especially at that age. Um, like coaches like Roy, who's been around, you know, he's British and Irish Lion. He sees potential in you, then surely he can't be that wrong. Mm. Mm. And, and oh, yeah. he's still still doing it now, isn't he? He's still, he's still <laughs> pulling players aside and going, "Son, yeah, you could do this." So, yeah. And how when you've gone through that level then, and you get into kind of the Scarlets level, what was that first contract like? What was that signing that first contract? Talk, talk, talk us through all of that bit where you go from, do you know what? I'm a I'm a normal player. I'm. Uh, were you with Quinns or with you Dovery? and then you? Then you um, I was with, yeah, I was with the Quinns. Um, so I've been playing there a few. No, yeah, I was with Quinns. I signed um, academy contract first with the Scarlets. So again, um, Jack and Scott's dad, Anthony, took me in to sign my first contract actually because my mum wasn't able to take me. So he came along. He sat down with me and Kev George and. Yeah, we signed it there. And I was in the academy for, I think, three and a half, th four, three, four years, maybe. Mm -hmm. Then I was released um, the year Josh Adams was released. Are you in the same kind of year? Yeah, so I, was, so I was in the academy with, um, so it was me, Josh Adams, Ryan Elias, um, Josh Helps. Um, so that kind of year. And so being released then and then coming back here, yeah, how how do you motivate yourself to go from, you know, just because being released is a it's an awful kind of thing to to happen, but what goes through your head to get yourself back to where you are now? It was quite tough actually, because I got released from the Scarlets. Um and then I got picked up by Glasgow Warriors back in 2016. To I went there for a year and then um, I was like, oh, maybe yeah, I can give this a go. And then I found out my uh, ex-partner was um, pregnant with my eldest child. So I decided to pack up and go back to Wales from Glasgow. Um, I then thought I worked in Castle Butchery for a good old few months. And then I was like, oh, God, I can't be doing this. Um, so, yeah. I just tried after that and then obviously I got a shot back at the Scarlets after playing a season with the Quins. Um and I thought, yeah, this is a turning point now. I really gotta put my foot down and that's when I signed the professional contract and it's been uphill since then. Uh, that's fantastic. Cause we know there's a lot of young boys out there that that listen to this and, and when they hear a pro talking about this is, you know, it's not all, it's not a straight line, is it? It's not a straight, you know, I go here, I pick up a ball and then five years later I'm playing for the Scarlets. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of rejection yeah. and all that kind of stuff in it. So. Oh, yeah. 
straightforward now is like you got to be you got to be prepared for somebody to actually tell you no or sometimes say look you're not good enough to play or you know what go away and do this do this and then maybe in a year or two you'll be ready <clears throat> you could take that on the chin and learn to adapt and develop and try come back stronger mm, absolutely so talking about coming back stronger then uh next week is edinburgh scarlet or scarlet edinburgh is down with us isn't it uh on friday night i think it is so your thoughts anticipation for for that game then i've been looking forward to that game since it got announced um I was hoping to play in it, but obviously I'm out injured at the moment, so it was a bit a bit cutting. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Edinburgh get on with the Scars because obviously last year when I was at the Scarlets, um, that was a good win for us boys against Edinburgh. So hopefully now being with Edinburgh, we can turn them tides and get a win for Edinburgh. And uh, are you planning on? Travelling down and catching up with a few old friends, or are you going to watch from a distance and, and keep your head down? I'm going to try watch from a distance. I think um, I was down over Christmas, um, caught up with a few mates, um, down to see some family, some of my partner's family. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to train, keep training, keep trying my best to put my hand up for a Six Nations selection. Um, yeah, just keep training hard and watch from a distance. And, and keep your heads down because you, you know what the Scarlet supporters could be like for the opposition as well, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I'm sure if you did come down where you'd have a, a very warm welcome because uh, you're very popular with a lot of supporters, particularly the Camarden boys. They, 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 you're a bit of a... Uh, uh, well, they're your fanboys, put it that way. There's a lot of Camarden <laughs> big fans. So, Matthew, have you got anything before yeah. we finish up? I've got one, and uh, I, I don't mind uh, if you want if you want to cut this or whatever. But you you, you went with Scotland in twenty one, and you know I I have always felt that you were slightly underappreciated when you were with the Scarlets, and I have got no doubt in my mind if you didn't if you didn't have a Scotland cap, you would have been in South Africa with Wales in twenty twenty two. Do you have any regrets in choosing Scotland and not leaving that open for Wales? Um. No, not really. No, I um, look. Scotland uh, ranked. I don't know where are we fifth in the world is it? Um, I think it's sixth be... since the World Cup because England have fluked their way back up to fifth. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> something around there. But look, I I had a sit down with. Can't remember who it was, but they spoke about me playing for Wales, um, and I think Wayne was in charge at that point of Wales and yeah. um, Wayne basically said to me you're quite far down the peck in order if you it, the chance were to ever come so that made my mind up from then like as soon as I got that call for Scott I had no doubt that I was going to jump straight on it because they seen something at me in me that obviously the Welsh coach at the time didn't so yeah no regrets for me and another error for the pivot era <laughs> <laughs> cool uh, Hugh have you got anything before we uh, before we round up no, I've gotten all my uh, my stupid questions in so I'm happy now have you worked out how to be a prop yet Hugh no but I don't think I ever will I don't think that's Javin's fault 
it'll take you years, man. I still don't even know. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, Javen, thank you for your time today, mate. It's been uh, uh, a pleasure having a chat with you. And uh, if if you ever are down in the area, give us a shout because Martin's very generous with buying X players beer behind the bar. Are you, Mark? Isn't that right? Uh, um, well, no comment. No comment. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, mate, we, we wish you all the best for the rest of the season and all the best for um, uh, international squad selection next week because uh, fingers crossed on that one for you. Um, yeah. Thank you for your time today, mate. You've been absolutely superb. And, uh, yeah, all the very best. Thanks very much. All the best for week, boys. Yeah, cheers, cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Scarlet's Fever podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to us as it really helps us spread the word. You can find us on all the usual social media channels or email us on welshregionalrugbypod at gmail.com. And remember, whatever the question, rugby is always the answer. Podcast Network.